now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this? Dang, nabbit thing called. It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs>
will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Morning Mutineers, this is the B, and you're listening to Labor and Love Radio. opportunities do our kids have? Working class kids. Trucker song. I see my baby tonight. 
ten forward gears and a sweet Georgia overdrive. I'm taking little white pills and my eyes are open wide. I just pass a Jimmy and wide. I've been passing everything inside. Six days upon the road and I got to see my baby tonight. It seems like a month since I kissed my baby bye bye. Okay, Taj Mahal, six days on the road. He's going to see his baby tonight. And here's Barbara Dane. I hate the capitalist system. And I'll tell you the reason why. It has caused me so much suffering and my dearest friends to die. Well, I know you all are wondering what it has done to me. Well, I am going to tell you that my husband has TB brought on by hard work and low wages and never enough to eat from going cold and hungry with no shoes upon his my husband was a coal miner who worked hard and risked his life 
just trying to support three children, himself, his mother and wife. Well, I had a blue-eyed baby, was a darling of my heart, but from my little darling, her mother had to part. While the rich and mighty capitalist goes dressed in jewels and silk, my darling blue-eyed baby has died for the want of milk. Well, they call this land of plenty, and for them, I guess it's true, for the rich and mighty, capitalists, not for workers like me and you. Well, now, what can we do about it to these men of power and might well I tell you Mr. Capitalist we are going to fight, fight fight Barbara Dane there um, and you're listening to Labor and Love Radio. This is The B. And we're coming to you on Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street. A radio station, but a lot more than a radio station. A performance space, an underground performance space. We got music, we got comedy, we got art. We got video, and yes, we got radio. This is the show called Labor and Love Radio, where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never, let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. I want to read our little credo here. So, you're just not that into politics. Hmm, okay. Well, your boss is. Your landlord is. Your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny your coverage. You're just not that into politics. Time to get into politics. Good morning, everybody. And we certainly had a tumultuous week. Now, uh... It looks like we're going to have two accused sexual molesters, one an accused rapist, the other who harassed 
the women around them, they'll be sitting on the Supreme Court together. Mr. Thomas and Mr. Kavanaugh, we'll have a lot more about Mr. Kavanaugh in a while. Also, Monday is a day off. People are back to calling it Columbus Day, I see. Who was Columbus, anyway? Who was the real Columbus? Not the, uh, the story that we're sold. A little talk about the environment and about climate change and how climate change is the result of the capitalist system. People are beginning to think about that, how the degradation of the universe, of the, of the earth, and the incumbent crisis that's caused by raising the Celsius level by two degrees is going to play havoc with our lives, but the opportunity we have of changing our system, of changing from capitalism to something more humane and more sensible. Um, Stokely Carmichael once remarked that he wasn't worried about the future of socialism because socialism is just common sense. Well, we'll see if he's right. Sometimes it doesn't look like he's He's right. But he is. All right. How about some music? I'll play some music today. This one is for Sylvia. Her request. Magic is a foot. 
God rules, alive as a foot, alive as in command. Many weak men hungered, many strong men thrived. Though they boasted solitude, God was at their side. Nor the dreamer in his cell, nor the captain on the hill, magic is alive. Though his death was pardoned, round and round the world, the heart would not believe. Though laws were carved in marble, they could not shelter men. Though altars built in parliaments, they could not order men. Police arrested magic, and magic went with them. For magic loves the hungry. But magic would not tarry. It moves from arm to arm. It would not stay with them. Magic is afoot. It cannot come to harm. It rests in an empty palm. It spawns in an empty mind. But magic is no instrument. Magic is the end. Many men drove magic, but magic stayed behind. Many strong men lied. They only passed through magic and out the other side. Many weak men lied. They came to God in secret, and though they left him nourished, they would not tell who healed. Though mountains danced before them, they said that God was dead. Though his shrouds were hoisted, the naked God did live. This I mean to whisper to my mind. This I mean to laugh within my mind. This I mean my mind to serve till service is but magic moving through the world. And mind itself is magic coursing through the flesh. And flesh itself is magic dancing on a clock. And time itself the magic length of God. Imagine going to court with no trial, lifestyle, cruising blue behind my waters, no welfare supporters, more conscious of the way we raise our daughters, days are shorter, nights are colder, feeling like life is over, these snakes strike like a cobra, the world's hot, my son got knocked, evidently it's elementary, they want us all gone eventually, trooping out of state for a plate, knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage, we'd all have the top dollars, imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes, lacing your click up with diamonds.
diamond rolls, your people holding dough, no parole, no rubbers, going raw, imagine law with no undercovers, just some thoughts for the mind, I take a glimpse into time, watch the blimp read, the world is mine, if I rule the world, imagine that, I free all my these last days until where to be paradise life relaxing black latino and anglo-saxon the money exchange the range cast lost tribe of shabazz free at last brand new whips to crash then we laugh in the illipath the villa houses for the crew how we do trees for breakfast dime sexes have been stretches so many years of depression make me vision the better living type of place to raise kids in opening eyes to the lies history's told foul but i'm as wise as the old owl plus the gold child seeing things like i was controlling click rolling Tricking six digits on kicks and still holding trips to Paris. I civilize every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoner set free, stress free. No work release, purple and threes and jet skis. Fill the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King, mayor of the cities in reverse things to Willies. It sound foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Africa. Imagine that. Making moves in Atlanta, back and forth scrambler. Cause you can have all the chips, be poor or rich, still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the Q45 infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony. Strictly living longevity to the destiny. Hey friends, so as many of you know, reality struck. Better find out before your time. I pretty much live.
You do not do, you do not do any more black shoe in which I have lived like a foot for 30 years, poor and white, barely daring to breathe or hachoo. Daddy, I have had to kill you. You died before I had time, marble heavy, a bag full of God, ghastly statue with one gray toe big as a Frisco seal, and a head in the freakish Atlantic where it pours bean green over blue in the waters off beautiful Nosset. I used to pray to recover you, ach du, in the German tongue in the Polish town, scraped flat by the roller of wars, wars, wars. But the name of the town is common. My Polak friend says there are a dozen or two. So I never could tell where you put your foot, your root, I never could talk to you. The tongue stuck in my jaw. It's stuck in a barbed wire snare. Eeh, 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 eeh. I could hardly speak. I thought every German was you. And the language obscene, an engine, an engine, chuffing me off like a Jew. A Jew to Dachau, Auschwitz, Belsen. I began to talk like a Jew. I think I may well be a Jew. The snows of the Tyrol, the clear beer of Vienna, are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my tarok pack and my tarok pack, I may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you, with your Luftwaffe, your gobbledygoo, and your neat moustache and your Aryan eye, bright blue. Panzerman, Panzerman, oh you, not God but a swastika, so black no sky could squeak through. Every woman adores a fascist, the boot in the face, the brute, brute heart of a brute like you. You stand at the blackboard, Daddy, in the picture I have of you, a cleft in your chin instead of your foot. But no less a devil for that, no not any less the black man who bit my pretty red heart in two. I was ten when they buried you. At twenty I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. I thought even the bones would do. But they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue. And then I knew what to do. I made a model of you, a man in black with a Mein Kampf look and a love of the rack and the screw, and I said, I do, I do. So, Daddy, I'm finally through. The black telephone's off at the root, the voices just can't worm through. If I've killed one man, I've killed two. The vampire who said he was you and drank my blood for a year, seven years, if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat black heart, and the villagers never liked you. They are dancing and stamping on you. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard, I'm through.
We just heard uh, Sylvia Plath addressing herself to the male principle. The ruthless, the brutal. Yes, the rapist. That's what this was about, this entire Kavanaugh circus. It was about a woman speaking up. Oh, our president made fun of her, that she couldn't remember things. Mr. Trump needs to be raped, maybe put into a, a vicious criminal ward, sex criminal ward, where he becomes a sex object. He made the ridiculous remark that it's a difficult time for young men I find this incredible. I've been repeating this to the people around me for centuries, for eons. Women have been brutalized and raped and sold as slaves and gang raped. Women today can't walk down the street Women have stories. Almost one woman in four has been the victim of attempted rape. And all the rest have stories of being molested. And Mr. Trump says it's a difficult time for young men? That's a little strange. All his colleagues, the Republicans, were very careful to say they respected Mrs. Ford and she was a credible witness they just didn't believe her now how is she supposed to remember all the little details that the woman prosecutor put to her first of all she's been given a drug or she's been given whiskey trusting that no one will hurt her so she's supposed to remember this traumatic experience of being attacked. Rape by its nature, by its nature, is a crime that is only witnessed by the person who's getting raped and the rapist. Or in this case, another drunken friend of the rapist who's trying to help him. Daddy, you bastard, I'm through. American women, when will you get done with this? When will you get done with this saying he can grab my pussy anytime he wants? When will you get done with this? They were all over Lisa Murkowski, some of the Alaskans. Thing that she'd given in to sentimentalism. She herself has been assaulted. Giving in to sentimentalism. And Sarah Palin saying she might run against Murkowski in 2022. Oh my. Okay, so we had Daddy, You Bastard, I'm Through from Sylvia Plath. 
And we had uh, Lauren Hill. If I ruled the world, it'd be a better world, I'll tell you that. And before that, Buffy St. Marie, a Cree Indian singer from Canada and now from Hawaii, singing Magic is a Foot. And yes, magic is a foot. The will of the people is a foot. I don't think there was ever a majority of people who were in favor of the Vietnam War or the wars in Kuwait, the Gulf Wars. I don't think there's ever been a majority of people who support Donald Trump and his gang. There are plenty of people who don't vote, though. There are plenty of people who are cut up and set against one another, like this whole mania about immigration. I mean, really, <laughs> a way to divide workers from one another. All right, well, let's get on with the show here. Daddy, you bastard, I'm through. Um, what's needed for all of us to unite? Okay, listen to Radio Labor about labor action all over the world. And remember, these problems, this whole thing about Brett Kavanaugh, is about capitalism, about the way capitalism sees things as commodities and the attitudes that come out of that. Radio Labor, the World Labor Report. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, October 5th, 2018. I'm Mark Belanche. In the report this week, a major step forward for women labor leaders in South Africa. The status of education workers on World Teachers Day. The Labor Start report about union events around the world and singing Give the People What They Want. This is Radio Labor. One of the largest and most influential labor federations in Africa has taken some major steps towards gender equality in its leadership. Seamarie Ainsborough reports. <laughs> One of the largest and the most powerful labor federations in Africa has, for the first time in its history, elected a woman as president. At its recent national convention, COSATU, the Congress of South African Trade Unions, elected Zingizwa Losi as the federation's top elected leader. At the same time, the 2,000 delegates attending the convention in Johannesburg voted to have a 50-50 gender parity in the federation's executive. COSATU is South Africa's largest labor federation, with 21 affiliated unions. Ms. Losi becomes president after many years as an activist in the powerful National Union of Metalworkers, NUMSA, 
She left NUMSA when the union withdrew from COSATU in 2014. COSATU is communicating a clear message for the world and the country to know that women within the ranks of this radical trade union movement are ready to take the responsibility at the sharpest end of the struggles of emancipation of all women in our society. We're gearing ourselves, comrades, to occupy the front ranks and cold face as the organized and class consciousness detachment of the broader working class women, which is the primary motive force of the women's emancipation struggle. We must strengthen and advance women's struggles at the workplace, in our communities, and in the broader political terrain. Practical and active involvement in struggles is itself part of the emancipatory process. Comrades, delegates, this should not be an isolated achievement, but part of our sustained and conscious efforts of broadening active participation of women at all levels of our unions, It is not an exaggeration to say that this class consciousness detachment of organized workers in South Africa in the fold of COSATU is once again making history and opening a new chapter that will go down in our proud historical annals of trade union women leadership. Comrades were inspired by our glorious past, and so we are saying, let's go back to the basics in order to strengthen our foundation, but also to build a radical trade union movement of the future. In these rapidly changing conditions and terrain of struggle today, comrades, in this changing world of work and global capitalism, of the approaching age of the fourth industrial revolution. The organized workers of our country are facing the real catastrophe of job losses if they remained weak and divided as they are. Unity is our clarion call. And as COSATU, we are proudly of Marxism-Leninism, and NDR as our theoretical and strategic guide to action. Therefore, comrades, in our theory and practice, we must remain steadfast in proclaiming the call of the Communist Manifesto, and I quote, workers of the world unite. A new global report about teachers and education shows an increase in precarious work, low wages, and especially in developing countries, inadequate teaching materials and facilities. The report, which is conducted every three years, was prepared by Education International and released on October 5th, World Teachers Day. 
EI is the organization which represents teachers and their unions at the world level. To discuss the findings of the report, I talked to Martin Henry. Mr. Henry is an EI research coordinator. I asked him if wages and conditions for teachers have improved or deteriorated since the last report three years ago. Our global status of teachers and the teaching profession report, which has been written by Nellie Stromquist, who is an academic from Maryland in America, has um, given us some insights into the change. And just to give you the statistical data, we've got 114 unions out of 401 who responded. And in that 114, all of the big unions were involved. So we do have a robust and statistically very strong sample to draw from, and they come from all over the world. So it is a truly global picture. Now, when you say have things improved or declined in terms of wages and working conditions, it's not a simple zero-sum game. So we're going to take a little look at the wages and talk about some of the things that the report tells us. Now, if we look at what... Nelly has discovered about teacher pay and conditions that only 19% of early childhood educators and technical vocational education and training educators agree that the amount of money they get for their job is adequate to live on and to be able to survive in the world. Now, if you add to that that in 2016, 27% of Peruvian public school teachers had a second job, This is not unusual in the United States either or in many parts of the world where teachers are getting paid salaries that are below a um, concomitant salary for another sort of professional type job. And there are statistics in the report that clarify that point that teachers actually get paid less for their qualification than those of a similar qualification. That said, there is evidence in the report that Salary has improved slightly, with 33% saying there is some increase and 13% saying there is a significant increase because some countries and some governments have realized that the status of teachers is intrinsically linked to the salaries that you pay them and have responded accordingly. It is unfortunately not a general approach, but there is certainly some movement there. On the other end of the scale, 15% report no change and 10% a decrease. And I will also point to the inequity of what goes on around the world because it's clear that in Africa, where we have 79% of African unions reporting that they have to travel long distances to collect payments, so actually to get paid a salary in Africa, you often have to travel hundreds of kilometers and then be vilified for not being in front of the class when it's impossible to do both at the same time. On the working conditions front, I think there is a different picture. Certainly in terms of social discrimination, those who say that social discrimination against teachers is very common, uh, 16% say that that's the case for their political views. 13% say that activism in the union leads to social discrimination, and 10% say that social discrimination comes as a result of sexual orientation. So you can see that here, there is still a lot of work to do in clarifying what it is that teachers should be able to do 
and what conditions should be available to them. Now, just running through the rest of the um, things that I've got under this area, continuous professional learning and development, only 30% of teachers have access to any at all. So we know that continuous professional learning and development, CPLD, is one of the strongest system levers for improving um, student outcomes and for having an impact on learning in the classroom. It's also a very strong predictor of teachers being prepared to remain within the profession, yet many countries aren't investing in it. And of those 30% who do have access to CPLD, the majority report that it's either of poor quality or of little value. So I think the picture you will see, Mark, is one where we need improvement across the board. You can find an extended version of my interview with Mr. Henry on the Radio Labour website. Here with his reportable union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of the innovative organizing being done in the British fast food and meal delivery sector, a strike by Palestinian refugee workers over drastic budget cuts, and declarations from around the world of solidarity with striking Iranian truck drivers. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. The national general strike for a new minimum wage saw millions of workers in the streets across Nigeria. Workers at a garment factory in Thailand are 45 days into a strike. The dispute here is over the sacking of 30 union activists who the employer accused of organizing for a strike. Solid waste collection workers continued their walkout over wages and precarity, causing concern about public health in the capital of India. And beaches in parts of the same country were closed as the workers who protect swimmers from sharks were off the job. In Australia, just as metal workers won a wage dispute and returned to work, thousands of beach resort workers walked out as they began a fight for their own wage increase. South Korean retail workers are fighting for a ban on sitting at work by, you guessed it, holding flash sit-down strikes. A strike at the public broadcaster in Namibia ended in a victory for the workers when the employer had its budget increased in order to fund a substantial wage rise. Banana plantation workers in the Philippines downed tools in their 12-year-long struggle for the recognition of their union, while their comrades in Guyana struck work immediately when their employer announced a unilateral reduction in their pay. And Russian firefighters stopped doing administrative work and began a hunger strike over their deplorable working conditions and a lack of basic equipment. Our top working women stories included coverage of the death at age 94 of an American trade unionist who served as a mentor to thousands of women trade union leaders and new domestic worker legislation in Morocco. The free health and safety newswire we run in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the marches held in South Africa demanding safer working conditions for the country's police and the appalling risks faced by women journalists in the Philippines. Currently, Labor Start is running two online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better. 
or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the South African Brits Mawu Choir. That's it. International labor news you can use. You can find more labor news on our website at www.radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Radio Labor there, all over the world, there's a need for qualified teachers. Why would anyone want to go into teaching now? Pardon me. Okay, back now. Our jazz today is provided by Arlene. Um, Why would you want to go into teaching now? Your pay is bound to to lag behind what uh, the cost of living is. Teachers in San Francisco now can't afford to live, especially beginning teachers, can't afford to live where they teach. And he read, all over the world, teachers are needed. Um, education has become a political football. <clears throat> Witness the exclusion of Helen Keller in favor of Billy Graham in the Texas text- textbooks. Okay, so we're going to talk about Columbus today. Let's start out with... Uh, Francesca Ramsey from the show Decoded about Christopher Columbus. He was a rapist and a murderer who was horrible with directions. So why does Christopher Columbus get a holiday again? Anadarko, Oklahoma has become the most recent city in the U.S. to get rid of Columbus Day in favor of Indigenous Peoples Day. 
So why the change? Well, Columbus was actually a pretty terrible person, making celebrating him seem pretty pointless. Here are five reasons we can live without Columbus Day. Number one, he didn't discover America. It's a little weird that we celebrate Columbus since he landed in the Caribbean and never actually set foot on what is now American soil. But more importantly, historians generally agree that the Vikings landed in North America almost 500 years before Columbus. Number two, while he initially described the Native Americans as kind and peaceful, Columbus had no problem with his men raping and killing them. There are horrific accounts of Columbus selling Native American women and young girls, along with brutal stories of his men killing and torturing Native people and even babies for fun. If you decide to look into it, proceed with caution because it's really bad. Number three. In addition to raping and pillaging the indigenous communities, Columbus ended up enslaving countless native people and forcing them to mine for gold. If they refused, they risked being beheaded or having their hands cut off. Number four, this guy was so bad, he was brought back to Spain in shackles and imprisoned for the mismanagement of the islands and the atrocities he committed. An account by a slave owner said, such inhumanities and barbarianisms were committed in my sight as no age can parallel. My eyes have seen these acts so foreign to human nature that I now tremble as I write. Yeah. You heard that right. The guy who owned slaves even knew Columbus was an ass. Number five, there are already a handful of states that have adopted indigenous peoples or Native Americans day. Alaska, Hawaii, Washington, Oregon, and South Dakota have all ditched Columbus day. And believe it or not, no one even misses it. With only 10 federally recognized holidays, there's really no reason to dedicate one of them to such a horrible person. Think of it this way. If Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, found it was full of moon people, and then decided to rape, kill, and enslave them, we'd probably have second thoughts about giving him an entire holiday. And moon people don't exist. Getting rid of Columbus Day isn't going to change our nation's horrible history, but whitewashing the past and glossing over the terrible things he did to the indigenous people is pretty awful. So what do you think? Should Indigenous Peoples Day become a nationwide holiday? Tell us in the comments and we will see you next week here on Decoded. Have you ever used a weird figure of speech and thought, I wonder where that came from? Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but some of those phrases have very racist beginnings. Okay, that was um, Francesca Ramsey on the show Decoded talking about Columbus. And uh, why do we celebrate Columbus? Uh, we have a whole myth that was taught about him. The facts obviously are pretty bad. Columbus began his career as a slave trader, trading slaves up and down the west coast of Africa from Portugal and Spain. That's what you did in those days. That's what you traded was slaves. Columbus introduced into the quote-unquote new world the idea of making a business, an industry out of the slave trade. Once Europeans got a hold of it, it became an industry. We're talking about 16 million, 18 million people removed from Africa. How many million died on the way over or were thrown overboard? when their ships were attacked. 
the slave trade. Columbus brought gender relations. There's a particularly terrible, and Francesca referred to it, there's a particularly terrible passage where one of Columbus's captains describes grabbing a native woman, taking a native woman and trying to rape her and she fighting back with her nails and her teeth and everything until they beat her enough. And then he said, oh, she performed like any whore. This is Columbus, okay? Columbus introduced gender relations. He introduced labor relations. The idea of having a job and going out and working to make someone else rich came with Columbus. Columbus introduced political relations. The same ones we use today, the same gender relations we use today and labor relations and political relations. Columbus introduced the, the idea of raping the land to raise cash crops and make money. Quote, unquote, finally, bottom line, Columbus introduced capitalism to the Americas. That's why he's honored. Corporation coming to the Americas to find out what would make a profit for them. And once they found it, like tobacco and sugar and the other crops, the other cash crops, once they found those, they began to rape the earth and turn the earth into a machine that would produce these these crops that could make them money. So Columbus introduced all these things to the new world, the quote-unquote new world. That's why he's honored. Wipe it all away, and it's Columbus was a businessman, and he brought capitalism to the, new, to the Americas. That's why we honor him. That's why he's part of a myth. That's why people talk about how brave he was and what a great navigator he was and how his men were angry and he faced them down. That's why that part of the myth is pushed. We honor two days. This is a song I heard, I learned when I was little. In school, we honor today Isabella, Regina, Columbus, his captains and crew, the Santa Maria, the Pinta, the Nina. In 1492, so don't honor Columbus. Don't honor Columbus. Columbus is no one to, to honor. What we need to do is honor indigenous people. Remember the indigenous people who were here when Columbus arrived. How often have you heard that 
Columbus discovered the Americas. Columbus was an explorer. He discovered them. Who, who were the other? What were the other people there? They didn't realize where they were or what was what. Columbus discovered. Columbus explored. Columbus immediately took 500 people as slaves back with him to Spain. Explored. He tore up the land. He raped the women. He killed children. He cut off people's hands for not finding gold. This is an explorer, and that's all it is, an explorer? I would say that's a pretty narrow kind of definition, huh? Columbus the Explorer. Uh, okay, let's see if we can find uh, Taj Mahal's answer to that via Bob Dylan. I pity the poor immigrant. Say our Indian, the indigenous people. Turned his back on me. 
came to the Americas with a God complex. The white man's got a God complex. Silent niggas scream for help. Hey, help me, help me. Nigga, make your own help. Shit, you need it. I turn around and hear the sound of jukeboxes playing in bars. Pimps popped outside in big pretty Cadillac cars. Cleaning in a broke dick dog. Sitting in a big fine hog. Dressed very fine. Jim Dale died next cause the white man's got a God complex. Hey, brother, what's your sport, my man? I got just the thing for you. Only cost ten and two. What you gonna do, baby? I got black ones, brown ones, red ones, yellow ones. I even got a white one if you wanna buy some. Yeah, that's right. 258, play it straight. I got it all worked out. Know what I'm talking about. Been reading my dream book. Ain't no way in the world the kid gonna get to what you mean I didn't hit nigga you full of shit licked eyes uh, now 
11. Well, what do you know? It's little Joe. Hey, my man got $20. Say, little Joe don't blow. Ha, baby needs a pair of shoes. Ha, papa's got the funky blues. Ha, mama plays the crossword in the news. Snake eyes. Sorry, nigga, you lose. The line forms to the real lady. And I don't care if you never cash your welfare checks. Cause the white man's got a God complex. But I got ten babies, I ain't got no man. I ain't got no choice but to hold out my hand and feed my young ones the best way I can. Hey, man, what you mean no doubles on blackjack? Pump, you better change that rule, cause I ain't no fool. You better be cool, Jim, or you'll die next. Cause the white man's got a God complex. Hey, my man, uh, I want to cop a nickel bag. Uh, you say all you got is scag. Wow, that's a drag, cause uh, I don't want to cop no dope is death. Next cause, the white man's got a God complex. Hey, baby, what's the gig at tonight? Well, there's one over at Slicks for faggots and tricks. There's one around graveyard side of town that'll cost you a pound. But if you go and know what I know, you better pack your piece at least or you'll die next. Cause the white man's got a God complex. Mr. Stein, I done paid enough rent for this pad to be mine. But you just want to cheat me because I ain't your kind. Damn, can't you see the place is falling down? No, you can't dig it because you ain't never around. Damn, I'm so poor. I don't know what in the hell I'm going to do anymore. Not from this day to the next. Because the white man's got a God complex. I'm making guns. I'm God. I'm God. I'm making bombs. I'm God. I'm, God. I'm making gas. I'm, I'm God. God. I'm making freak machines. I'm God. Price control pills. I'm, I'm God. God. Kill Indians with discovered him. I'm God. Kill Japanese with the A-bomb. I'm God. Kill the still killing black people. I'm God. Enslaving the earth. I'm God. No way to the moon. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. God. I'm God. As soon as whites came to the Americas, they began undermining the way of life of the native peoples here. And one way they did that was to kill all the buffalo. There were tribes that lived off the buffalo herds. They ate them. They used every part of their body for some function, buffalo robes, buffalo chips, so the idea, General William Tecumseh Sherman, was to kill the buffalo off. And there would be big uh, parties of shooters, hunters, sports shooters, riding across the prairies, raising their guns and shooting at these enormous buffalo herds. Well, they didn't stay enormous long. They shot them. They left them there. Huge piles of rotting buffalo bodies just rotting in the sun. Um, and the idea was kill all the buffalo and get the Indians to come into the reservations, to the prisons that we had set for them. Buffy St. Marie here.
remember the times that you have held your hand high and told all your friends of your Indian claim. Proud good lady and proud good man, your great great grandfather from Indian blood sprang, and you feel in your heart for these ones. Oh, it's written in books and in songs that we've been mistreated and wronged. Well, over and over, I hear the same words. Now, I'm not Chinese, but I'm. about Uncle Sam or are you still taking our lands a treaty forever George Washington signed he did dear lady he did dear man and the treaty's being broken by Kim's dam and what will you do for these ones oh it's all in the past you can say but it's still going on here today. The government now wants the Iroquois land, that of the Seneca and the Cheyenne. It's here and it's now, you must help us, dear man, now that the buffalo's gone. Puffy St. Marie with uh, Now That the Buffalo's Gone. The effect of killing all the buffalo was similar to the effect of turning people in England off their ancestral lands, um, separating them from the nurturing of nature. If you don't have any land, you can't plant your own food. And that means you are dependent upon the mad capitalist market system. You eat food that's chemically treated, that's biologically altered. You get food that's sprayed with pesticides. You get food that's injected with colors to make it look nice. In other words, you get a commodity. Whether it's good for you or not, no one seems to care. But you don't have that connection to the land. This is true in America, too. People leaving the land to go to the city. Once you're cut off from your land, from your subsistence, as the native tribes 
were by the murder of their buffalo. They were dependent on the white man for food. They had to go in and live in the prisons that we set up for them, the quote-unquote reservations. Out the buffalo's gone, Buffy St. Marie. And before that, we had the last poets, the last poets singing about the God complex that the white man has, that the white man came and killed everything in order to set up the world for himself. The first of this set was Taj Mahal, the song I Pity the Poor Immigrant, Bob Dylan writing from the point of view of Native Americans. I pity the poor immigrant. Maybe you shouldn't waste your pity. Okay, on the labor beat this week.
be right back. Hopefully everybody heard me when I was talking about the uh, slaughter in Mexico of demonstrators who were demonstrating for a more open and democratic society <clears throat> using the uh, Olympic Games as kind of a bully pulpit. The world's attention was focused on Mexico because the Olympic Games were taking place there. Um, people I know in Mexico said that instead of 300, there were thousands, loads and loads of bodies thrown into pits in the deserts surrounding Mexico City. Um, I don't know, maybe I had my, my microphone off when I was talking about it. Check it out if you would socialistworker.org This one is Curb San Francisco Thousands of SF Hotel Workers Strike Joined by Oakland Marriott and San Jose Employees as well On Thursday morning the Unite Here Local 2 Labor Union announced that workers at San Francisco Marriott Hotels were on strike resulting in picket lines outside the busy downtown locale Via Facebook, the union said Thursday, thousands of Marriott hotel workers at the Courtyard Marriott downtown, the Marriott Marquis, the Marriott Union Square, the Palace Hotel, the St. Regis, the W, and the Weston St. Francis have walked off the job. Union President Anand Singh told reporters, Tuesday, the working conditions for housekeepers with this company are breaking our members' bodies. On all of the issues most important to us, we bring them to the table when we bring, we're met with resistance or silence. Okay, and this, of course, hooks up with the Marriott workers who just won a big contract, uh, a big victory in Chicago. Singh called Marriott a corporation that makes millions of dollars off our backs and expressed anxiety about technology replacing their jobs. The union wants higher jobs for workers. It says must resort to holding down two or three jobs in order to keep living in the Bay Area. Okay, now all working people 
in San Francisco and the San Francisco area are familiar with this. This is part of how you live. All the time I was a teacher, 30 years or so, I always had another job. I worked in the summer. Sometimes I'd work on holidays. You had to, to keep things, to balance the books, to make enough money to live. Close to 200 workers at an Oakland Marriott walked out Friday morning as the cost of living skyrockets in Oakland and the hotel industry is booming. Many hotel workers cannot afford to live in the city where they work. That goes for teachers as well. That goes for most working people. The Marriott spokesman uh, Hunter Hardinge disappointed that Unite Here has chosen to strike added that the hotels remained open and it would welcome any workers who chose to cross the picket line. Supervisor Jane Kim released a statement supporting the union. One hotel worker told me, she says, stated that many are fighting long-term illnesses but must work several jobs shift in the cutthroat Bay Area economy where we have the fastest growing income and welcome gap in the nation. Unite here authorized a strike two weeks ago and says it may continue indefinitely. And now it's spread to San Jose, according to the Mercury News. About 200 Employees of the Oakland Marriott City Center went on strike Friday morning. We know that. Joining about 2,500 workers at Marriott hotels in San Francisco and San Jose who are working for higher wages. Unite Here Union represents 270,000 workers in the United States and Canada. Unite Here represents about 220,000 Marriott employees, more than half of whom had their contracts expire. That's in the Mercury News. So, check that out. Here's uh, Dave Zirin, a socialist sports writer, of all things, writing uh, very eloquently about Brett Kavanaugh and what sports taught and didn't teach him. To replies an old vaudeville joke, this week has been one of the longest years of our lives. It's the squirmy dissembling of this clammy, gin-soaked, elitist, mediocrity judge, Brett Kavanaugh. The monstrous Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump creating indelible stains with their words, spewing the message that supervisors who come forward are just puppets of some kind of liberal plot, accusing them, for example, of being paid <laughs> for demonstrating. It's the what high school boy has an attempted rape analysis from Fox News and the evangelical hucksters. 
It's the same talking heads that cheer the locking up of immigrant children and racist mass incarceration who all of a sudden have acquired a passion for due process and the presumption of innocence. It's as Chloe, journalist Chloe Ungyal retweeted, the enraging logic that drunk boys are not to be blamed, but drunk girls are. We hear this over and over. He was only a teenager. He was only 15, 17. How old was the girl? The girl was 15. His life is being ruined. His family is suffering. What haven't her family suffered? What are the effects of that on a mother raising her kids? Her kids have been exposed as well. What about Kavanaugh? That's what the Republicans say. And Joe Manchin. I've been thinking, he says, about the several times in the last five years I've been asked to speak to male high school and college athletes in largely white privilege and institution about sexism, consent, and there's no delicate way to put this, why they shouldn't rape. I wish I could say that Amy Schumer's sketch paradigm <clears throat> Friday Night Lights was far from the truth, but it really isn't. The idea of affirmative consent was foreign to many of them. Most saw themselves as flabbergasted victims of community that had prejudiced them to be rapists just because we're athletes. I said there was some kind of war of jocks going on, a barrage of political correctness that was branding them as inherently inclined toward violent sexual assault. When I asked them if they ever went to a party where an assault took place, they would uniformly say no. When I would define assault as taking advantage of a person who had passed out drunk, the answer was yes, but they always said that the guy was also drunk too. And if everyone is drunk, how can it be an assault? The idea that it would be more than they would be more than bystanders, they wouldn't actually intervene. Their stories of binge drinking were beyond anything I remembered from my own days. Instead of kegs and shots of whiskey, I heard stories of knockout punch, in which sedatives are mixed with fruit juice and grain alcohol. So, if a woman drinks that, obviously it's okay with her if you rape her, huh? Kavanaugh's hearing creates the conditions for a long overdue reckoning, way beyond the cushy confines of Bethesda, Maryland, about who we are, what we're teaching our sons, and what they should strive to be why they should strive to be nothing like Brett Kavanaugh. Okay, well, I'm looking up here. It's about that time. Uh, 
Well, all I can say is dance. When things get to be like this, get ready for the blue wave. Be part of it. Make it happen. Help it out. Let's get some real people in these places that govern us, people who know what it's like to be hungry and know what it's like to be homeless, who have empathy for rape victims instead of empathy for those who are charged with the rape. What do we do when things are tough? <laughs> we dance. This is the B. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good week and good work.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for, <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. 
but we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life, because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> what could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat. Black. Plastic. Vinyl. Records. Round. Played. Mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Walker. Amazing artist. Music DJ. Vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Hey, comedy fans, don't miss Comedy Day Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park, noon till 5. It's free. You'll see 44 or more comedians. 44 comedians, 5 hours. That's over 8.5 comedians an hour. That's silly. Ever see a half a comedian? Yes, a half wit. Not funny, but Comedy Day will be a guaranteed laugh a minute. Let's see, a laugh a minute times 5 hours. That's 300 jokes. That's a lot of jokes, folks. <laughs> 
So why are these people laughing? I don't know. Maybe because they know Comedy Day will be better than the shoelaces of Madagascar exhibit. Better than the paperweight wearers of the World Convention. Better even than the alien sheep herding contest. And speaking of herding, heard any good ones lately? Okay, not funny again, but Comedy Day will be. Don't miss punchlines like these. A frog in a blender. In your hat. To keep his pants up. Comedy Day is worth the price of a mission because it's free. Nothing to buy. No operators waiting for your call. Void. We're prohibited by law. Comedy Day. Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park. It's free. Visit ComedyDay.org for complete details. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like... Flat black plastic. On Mutiny Radio. (laughs) 